What's up? This is Season 1, Episode 6 of the Rollcast Podcast, Fly Fishing Texas and Beyond. Tim, what's going on this week, man? Well, it's a great week. It's starting to cool off, and um, before the podcast, (laughs) I was fishing a little bit. It's cooling off, is it? Yeah, it's down to 100 degrees. There you go. And uh, waiting for you to show up here, you were out playing or fishing, whatever you're normally doing, your 200 days. I actually slept in a little bit this morning. I made it till like 7 o'clock in bed this morning. Okay, well. It's a record. Good. Uh, so I was still down here fishing, so I was throwing a few rods in the water, or a few flies in the water when you walked up. So that's all I got. going on kind of a lazy Saturday day. Well, it kind of sounds like me with a temper tantrum, me throwing a few rods in the water. <laughs> I've done that. Well, I've got several, so I get to pick a different rod every few days and uh, try it out. Besides, I pretend I guess I got new rods going on all the time. That's nice, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to do what you got to do. It's nice to fish different equipment all the time. I, I, I like going up and down sizes and playing around. So, um, for the for the listeners, we're out here actually back in uh, Kerrville on Tranquility Island, right by the Guadalupe River. That's why I was fishing, just about 10 feet away. And this is the, the new podcast studio. Yeah, we liked it so much last time, we thought we'd do it again. Getting a little wind this morning. I, yeah. I can't hear it, but I think we're going to be all right. No, but the cool breeze is welcome. And uh, I've got the Wonder Dog Jake sitting here, uh, the white boxer. And he's just hanging out listening to the podcast, so I think we're in good shape. What I else is so. going on in your life? Not too much, man. You know, just, uh, like I say, dodging the heat, trying to catch a few fish, uh, trying to make a dollar bill. See, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw him, but we got pretty good feedback uh, from the interview with Patty Lucan. We got several people wrote us and said, it's a great podcast. They, they love listening to her, and they love what she had to say. She's, like you said, she's infectious. And she's the, uh, if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back. That's episode five. And she's the uh, Fly Fishers International Women's Connect uh, chairperson, or I don't know if she is for the coming year, but she was for the last year. And she had a great interview about women in fly fishing. And uh, since they are actually the fastest growing segment of fly fishing, and um, she was surprised to find out, I think, that we, our club, Texas Hill Country Fly Fishers had her own woman's liaison that's been named. That's Janet Smith. Yep. And uh, I think her and Patty are probably working together this next year, helping to build the Women's Connect effort nationally. Well, we're going to make a strong uh, strong push for women in our club. Uh, you know, I, I think I've said it at, at the club meetings a couple of times. We have an opportunity to, we're, we're not going to be the biggest club in this state, but we can have more women than anybody else in the state. Well, that's true. And, uh, they have more fun. They're happier, I think, than the men are in the meeting. <laughs> They're just happy to be there. They're pretty enthusiastic, yeah. There's something to be said for grumpy old men, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're the backbone of it, right? They have been the backbone of they the are. sport for a long time. They and, are. And, uh, you know, it's it's growing. It's uh, so much so, they stigmatize the industry. But it's really not just grumpy old men, is it? It's not. And and you you hit on it there. It is a little bit stigmatized. People uh, look at it as like, you know, what the old the guy standing around in tweed uh, looking over his glasses at you like you're not good enough to be in his stream. And that's that's really not the truth, man. It's it's for everybody. And, and everybody's doing it now. There are tons of kids doing it, tons of women doing it. Um, I know that uh, Orvis has, uh, they partner with a, 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 an organization called Brown Folks Fishing. 
you know, the, there's a big emphasis on on getting, uh, you know, uh, uh, brown folks fishing. I guess what would you call it? Um, uh, smaller ethnicities. You know, that, that right. haven't had a chance or grown up around it. Um, inner city kids. I, I'm real real passionate about getting kids from all walks of life into it and especially the the city kids they really light up when when they when they catch their first fish or when they're just wading around in the stream it it shows them there's there's a whole lot more to life exactly and um actually ran into uh i had a a a little uh dental treatment the other day that sounds like fun it wasn't fun but the rest of it was the dentist was actually interested in fly fishing and he he wanted to be involved in the club so i'm sending him some information and then his uh, dental assistant uh she said oh my husband fly fishes all the time and he he wants to listen to your podcast and so there we go that's how it grows there's people everywhere that you don't realize you don't see them because not everybody's part of a club, and that's okay. Yep. But people are out fishing, and they're learning, and they're having a great time, and that's the point of fly fishing. Enjoying yourself, enjoying nature, being a part of it. Well, back to uh, what I was doing this morning. It's warm weather. You've heard me complain about that enough, and uh, it's finally cooling off, and I thought warm weather means panfish, and so here we're talking panfish again. Uh, so I was hoping to connect into a bass or bluegill or just whatever happened that I could get a fly to float in front of them, let them bite on. So how the panfish working for you? I know you're not you're doing some carp, but uh, carp and bass, but uh, you know uh, your your perch and sunfish and all that stuff that pretty much bycatch when you're when you're bass fishing and it's fun. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a small fly guy. Um, Lots of guys like to use the bigger fly. You know, big big flies catch big fish. Um, big fish eat small stuff more than they eat big stuff. So I'm a small fly guy, um, and I end up catching, uh, thankfully, uh, a lot of perch, a lot of big perch on smaller bass flies. I, I love catching the perch. I love catching the rios. If we could grow, a couple of buddies and I have joked several times, if we could grow five-pound bluegill, we'd never fish for anything else in the world, right? That's true. So there you go. Um, there's something for uh, for Gabe. Gabe's going into marine biology. Maybe we could get Gabe to study how to pump up the bluegill, right? That's it. Let's let him go on a breeding program for there massive bluegill. There you go. Well, speaking of records and massive animals and massive bluegill, um, you told me the other day that you read about the record catfish caught on a fly. Right down the street from us. Fredericksburg, Texas, right outside in Pernalis River. I think that's what you said. It's in the Pernalis. 31.8 pounds, 12-pound tippet class world record. Out of the local water from uh, a guy who's last year, uh, a gentleman named Ben Christensen, owns Pearl Snap Fly Fishing. They're out of Johnson City. Uh, huge catfish. I mean, you guys go on Instagram or, or just, just uh, uh, Google it. It'll come up. Big Big, black, beautiful fish. You know, um, everybody understands what 31 pounds plus on a 12-pound tippet. Uh, yeah, yeah. four-weight rod. Four-weight rod. Um, most of us are happy to catch half-pound fish on four-weight rod. Yeah. You know, 
Oh yeah, you, yeah. You talk about overmatch, but they're they're in. You know, your power comes from your butt of the rod. Uh, the power does not come from the tip. When you're fighting a fish, you need to keep that that thing low and pointed a little more towards the fish than you would actually think. You need to engage the butt of the rod, and uh, you know Ben proves that you you catch as fish as big as you want on a four weight. There's, and this is in a river, so it's a tight situation. I mean, there's probably there was probably a lot of stuff to deal with: rocks, sticks, stumps, everything else. Yeah, I, I think the about where he was on the Perdinales. I think that's probably not more than what forty feet wide. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know how deep it was. It's just. I'm sure it was a pretty close, pretty pretty personal battle, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, as you know, we uh, we were talking back and forth, and we got intrigued. And Don contacted Ben and invited him to the podcast. And lo and behold, Ben said he'd love to come talk. Yeah, gracious enough to come talk to us about it. And he's a terrific interview. Ben's a great guy. He's a really interesting dude. He's smart. He's got a lot of things going on. He's I guess ranching, fly fishing, hunting, uh, building a, chicken coops, spending building chicken coops, raising chickens, and uh, taking care of the kids. He's he's a great dad. Every one of the kids are fishermen, and and uh, he takes them out and spends a lot of time with his own children and their fly tires. So we caught up with Ben over in Fredericksburg. He agreed to meet us over in Fredericksburg, and. Uh, so we set him up for an interview. So let's talk to Ben. Let's listen, man. All right. Today our interview is with Ben Christensen, fly fishing guide, bird hunting guide, uh, cattle rancher, and uh, world record holder. How are you, man? Doing well today. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. Really excited. Really excited to talk about fly fishing for catfish and uh you know, uh, we want to talk to, you know, a, a heavyweight, uh, and uh, he's caught a heavyweight, 12-pound uh, tippet class record holder, correct, Ben? That's correct. That is outstanding and uh, pretty local here in the uh, Perdinalis River. Yep. We're not going to ask you where. Yeah, I'm not, not terribly concerned. Straight south of town, really. Yeah, very good. Fredericksburg. Very good. Um, were, you, were, you, uh, were you looking for catfish the day you went? That's funny. Absolutely not. Uh, catfish are typically something we'll we'll pick up and and try for. But uh, I was looking for Guadalupe bass, of course, and uh, it was actually my first day uh, taking the. I, I bought one of those three man uh, flycraft guide rafts. And those are sweet. They're heavy. They're uh, cumbersome for these little stony rivers in the hill country. But uh, you know, I was out there with my my adult son and. And so we were, I, I was on the oars, and he was in the bow um, casting and trying to pick up guads. And there in the shade of a pecan tree, just over on the, the bank river left, was a very large catfish right on the surface. I mean, it was positively like something out of the Amazon. We, were, we both <laughs> said at the same time, holy smoke, you know, that's a catfish. And... Uh, my son had his four-weight Scott. Uh, I think I had a TFO, uh, you know, both uh, four or five. And uh, so he, we, we, I rode him over there, and he was, my son was, like, very dubious about it because he knows his limitations. And he's, like, he made a few half-hearted casts, 
We had a size six, what he calls a chips and salsa fly that he ties. He calls it the chips and salsa because everything on the river and even on the coast loves that thing. Nice. It's like a, a it's like a creek damsel uh, variation, uh, and it it also kind of looks like a crawfish. So it's a very versatile fly, olive drab. Like I said, a size six. It was a gamakatsu stinger, which are my favorite hooks. The B10s. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I, yeah. I, I think I said a couple podcasts ago. If I can fit it on a B10s, it's yeah. going on a B10s. It's a yeah. And so um, he took a about five casts at it, and 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 brought it in and said, no, no, you know, it's it's just going to break off. I'm not going to cut. I said, give me the fly rod. <laughs> and so he sat down in, in the. Uh, the rowing station, I got up in the bow and flicked a, about a half dozen casts of the thing. And this thing was, he was sitting on the surface and I thought, he's not going to go for the take. Well, uh, you know, we even my son tried bouncing it off his gill plates to get him a, a defensive strike, nothing. And uh, so finally, I think I, I cast the other side of it and th- the dude just turned around and just sucked it in right in front of me i mean and i set the hook and i said take me to the middle take me to the middle of the river and yeah. he's like yeah. oh no <laughs> so he he did a great job on the oars the thing fought i'm from port isabel texas and uh, down down on the coast thing fought like a bull red it fought just like a bull red fish and uh he kept trying to run into a snag in the middle of the river a big pile of brush and I knew he'd break me off. And so I kept his head up and was really trying not to break my son, Scott. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and but we... That was secondary at that point. Yeah, he, well, he kept saying, no, 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 don't break it, don't break <laughs> it. You know, and I'd have to bring the rod back to high noon or whatever. And so, you know, 45 minutes of keeping this fish's head up and, and really trying not to snap anything. I couldn't believe the knots were all holding um and and just playing that drag and you know of course i was fighting him on the reel right so i'm i'm 45 minutes and uh, just doing that and we finally landed him on a sandbank and and i grabbed hold of his jaw and got him outstanding so. outstanding i think i read pretty old he was blind he was old he was in his stomach blind in one eye nothing at all in his stomach um so, you know, and, and it's funny because people ask me, well, I, you know, they said, I hope you, I hope you put him back. I hope you put him back. And I, you know, I would have liked to have, but we, honest to God, my son especially was like, if you release him, he's dead. Yeah. And I have never taken a fish out of the Perdinalis River. I've never taken a fish. Uh, even those little catfish I catch and stuff, yeah. I've never taken a fish out. And uh, I was like, well, we got to take him out. And and uh, well, this was summertime. Water temps were pretty high. Yes. Yeah, not much oxygen in right, there. Right. Right. He's I mean, built up a ton of lactic acid. That, and and you know, I, and that was why my son didn't want to catch me. It's like if we catch him, you know, we're we're killing him. And uh, and I'm just so so dumb and stubborn. I, I had to catch him because it you know the, it was the sporting aspect of having a fish like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, honest to goodness. It's a catfish. At the end of the day, uh, there are more of those. There sure are. And, 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 and like you said, nothing in the stomach. That fish may have stopped eating. Yeah. 
Yeah, that well, that that was my, my what I thought. Uh, of course, you know, I had the luxury of you know filleting and gutting him and looking at that, but uh, uh, maybe it was unsporting. I know there's some real die-hard catch and release, and I am. I am pretty die-hard catch and release, but uh, I had to get him weighed. I just figured he was some kind of record, and and shame on me for not having a registered scale with me because I I really should have. Well, how many of us actually, you know, <laughs> roll around with a registered yeah. scale, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, what was the process? And, and I don't, I'm sure most of us don't know. What, what is the process here? You're standing there. You're pretty sure I've got a record here. Yeah. Well, it was unplanned. So. It, it was unplanned. Yeah. And so I, I couldn't say, like, it's just one of those things. So, and, and I know there are bigger people out there listening, uh, guides, some other guides I know that'll, that'll release a big fish like that sure. and be like, well, that was probably a record and, and good on them for that. Um, but I, I hauled him in and we were going to take him home. And I thought, well, maybe he's some kind of record. So we looked up the state record and he, it didn't look like it was quite the state record. I said, he might be close. We should weigh him. So, we took him to the beef processor in town, in Johnson City. And I was like, you got a scale? And he's like, oh, I can't weigh that thing on my scale, you know. And he said, take it over to one of the, like, Bass Pro or Cabela's. So I called them up, and uh, they said, no, we don't do that anymore. I think they were suspected of funny business or something. So they, I don't know what it was. So they wouldn't do it. And then I... Uh, a friend of mine suggested Inland Fisheries San Marcos. And so I called Inland Fisheries San Marcos. This is Columbus Day. So this would have been my dad's 92nd birthday. He died a couple of years uh, earlier, right at the beginning of COVID, of old age. Now, that's the state fishery, right? Yeah, state, state, state fisheries. fisheries office. This was Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day. I figured they'd be closed, but they were it's open. And, and so the, the fish is on ice this whole time? Uh, it's in the water. It's in the ice chest in the water, yeah. you know. And so we drove him out there, and they were waiting for us. And so they weighed him. They verified the species because it was not a channel cat. If it had been a channel cat, that would have been a state record. But uh, so it came up three pounds shy of the state record blue cat on the fly because the state doesn't do all these line classes. They just do biggest catfish caught on a fly rod. Mm -hmm. So he was three pounds shy of that record. And he was 31 and a half pounds. He was 40 inches long. He was a big old ancient beast. And I... Uh, I said, oh, well, you know, darn. So we took him home and filleted him nice and thin and, and got a 10 pounds of fillets off of him. And uh, I posted it on, on social media. Uh, USA Today, for the win, picked it up. And so then it went out on the wire. It was like on, my, on Apple News. I don't know. It was on all these, uh, these places and uh, these media outlets. And the guy from USA Today reached out to me on my Instagram account and said, I think you have a, he said, what pound tippet did you catch it on? I said, it was real bass, 12 pound tippet. So I think you've got a 12 pound IGFA, you know, world class tippet uh, fish. So I checked the IGFA's record book and there it was. I, I said, yeah, this is heavier than the one caught in, uh, on the Escambia River in Florida. Mm -hmm. So I got on the IGFA website and started, you know, I joined 
and then uh, real quick because yeah, yeah, right. you're supposed to join and then uh, looked at what they wanted to submit they wanted the fly still attached to the tippet still attached to the leader clipped off right below where it joins the fly line and I said to my son where where's the uh, where is that rig where's the you know his fly rod was back in the case and and that all that stuff was still I guess attached to the to the reel and he'd put it all away well I pulled it all back out and just snipped it off and wrapped it in uh, around some cardboard and sent it off to IGFA and they have to break it so they put it on a machine they break it he says, I think, he said, real bass leader or real leaders always break right in where they say they are. Some of these leaders are all over the place mm-hmm. or tippets mm-hmm. are all over the place. But this one should be. And if you had some, you know, a fight on it, it's probably going to break less than 12 pounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, it broke at like 11.4 and, and it took them a while, but they sent me my certificate and, I'm, and the record book and I'm in the record book. Outstanding. Well, there you go. There's a couple of things there, people. Uh, well, the Instron machine, yeah, I think they call out. it for that. The IGFA, that's the International Game Fish Association yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And and uh, uh, do you have it on, on authority that uh, Rio is pretty close to its brace strength. So yeah. everybody that's worried about your, you know, your tippet, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, um, you fish with your your son was with you. He fishes with you all the time. He's he's into fly fishing. Well, he is, and he's the one that got me in. He's my second oldest son, and uh, he's currently off cowboying in Wyoming. And awesome, so that's awesome. what he does. So we were in Wyoming all last summer. Um, yeah, this was not in the dead of summer. This was October, but it was hot. It oh, was yeah. October eleventh. It was Columbus Day. Come to think of it. My favorite time of the year to fish is, you know, in the shoulder sure. seasons. Sure, the fall. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so he got me into fly fishing as soon as we, we arrived in the hill country back in 2014. As I said, we were on the coast, and I wasn't fly fishing on the coast. I was a conventional guy mm-hmm. who'd wished he was fly fishing the whole time. But, uh, and so, yeah, he was with me. I've got an 18-year-old son right now who, who just got back from Wyoming, guiding up in Wyoming already. He's very accomplished. So, yeah, these kids are, you know, I've got daughters that are learning to fly fish. Outstanding. Outstanding. That's yeah. excellent. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So as I, I may have mentioned, I'm a, a Port Isabel fighting tarpon. I'm from Port Isabel, Texas, which is down there uh, across the Laguna Madre from South Padre Island. I grew up on a cattle ranch down there and grew up fishing. And once again, it's not crazy to be called the Port Isabel Tarpon again, is that, it? That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, that's, that's uh, I'll always be a tarpon. I still have my property down there. That's where I hunt birds and nilgai. And, you know, nilgai are these uh, exotic antelope. Um, yeah, these exotic the, antelope. The blue bull. The blue bull. Yeah that the King Ranch had brought in. So now they've they've really kind of ballooned out and the population exploded, so they're everywhere. But uh, dove hunting is my favorite thing, uh, besides fly fishing. Fly fishing's go. my favorite thing. Yeah, there <laughs> so you go. You, you, so you've got a guide business. Mm-hmm. And so what all do you guide now? Well, uh, we're, we're guiding down in Stonewall on the Pertinalis for bass and... Uh, I haven't done that since this drought has been so bad, yeah, so yeah. terrible. Uh, and then I can take people anywhere, really, that they want to go out in the hill country from the Llano to the Nueces. 
Uh, you know, I could I, the the bass run I do in the white bass in Colorado uh, Bend State Park. Uh, that's a, a great time around spring break, so middle of March. That's uh, a really good time. Yeah, it is. And you yeah. can you can haul those guys out and eat them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, and you're not doing the fishery any harm. Though. No, no harm whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, and you know, you're, you're always cognizant of course, of, of the fishery and kind of the needs, uh, of the, the fishery and being sensitive to that. I love going, uh, to Lost Maples State Park and fishing in there. Uh, I like picking, uh, little creeks and, and stuff like that. Love catching Rio Grande cichlids oh, yeah. and Guadalupe bass, yeah. like any hill country fisher. I'm a warm water fly fishery kind of guy. I just love, love it. Very good, very good. That's a, that's outstanding, man. So, uh, so well, I got a question. Oh, all right, go ahead. Don Don fishes two hundred days a year. Mm-hmm. Everybody like, keeps throwing this number. He's an addict. He just throw, <laughs> even if he's not going to catch, he throws it in the water so we can count that as fishing. Um, how often do you fish? Just for pleasure and whatever? Do you-, you know, <laughs> it was about every day. It was about every okay. day before this drought, uh, before inflation hit. I was sitting kind of pretty, and you know, I hate to say that, before inflation, uh, I didn't really need to hustle so much, but I, I, I've got a wife and children to support, and so uh, I, I just quit public school teaching a couple years ago, and, and I have some, some uh, commercial rentals in Port Isabel and the Lighthouse Square. In fact, we're going to be, looks like we're going to be putting in a fly shop down, down in Port Isabel, and they need one. Outstanding. That's so, excellent. Yeah, I've got a, a a good friend from Dallas who's gonna. I own the building. He's putting in the business. So uh, looking forward to that. But uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun for you. Yeah, but everything started going up, so I started to have to really double down on selling uh, beef and and supporting the family. And and my goodness, it's yeah. been it's tough right now. Yeah, it's been busy. I, it's like back to the almost like back to the nine to five. But uh, I still still make time to fish a lot the important things right priorities Mm -hmm. priorities so let's let's drill down on on fishing for catfish um uh if somebody was to go uh you know not knowing i mean you know being a a capable fly fisherman or a beginner uh that that knew their way around you know catching a bass and catching perch um how would you tell them to approach it what uh what kind of gear would they need and and where would you tell them to go look right so for this most unsexy of all fish the the catfish but you, it pulls oh, they're so great. hard yeah, they're, it's like catching uh, reds they're really one of the the bigger bruisers in the river uh, yeah. and so you go um with a, either a carpet bomb or something like our chips and salsa and and if folks go onto my instagram page at pearl snap fly fishing they can see a picture of that uh, that uh chips and salsa fly yeah, you could tie it you probably get one from my 18 year old uh if you wanted somebody to tie you one but uh uh so you take a carpet bomb or, or something like that and find yourself a likely a deep hole and uh, the good thing about catfish is while you're sinking that fly down to the bottom, if you pick up a big bass, you know, good for you or a carp, yeah. you know. So, yeah. so it's a big, uh, big pool, you know, big like a bass hole or, or where there'd be some carp holding deep. And there's going to be catfish at the bottom as well. Uh, and so you just want to sink that fly down. And typically the first strip off the bottom 
one will suck it up. I mean, if they're there, mm-hmm. uh, that first strip off the bottom, you'll feel a hit and, and you can get them. So, so this is like a moving crawfish or something that yeah, takes yeah. a jump. Yeah. yeah. So it, you know, in saltwater, it's like when you, when you throw in an artificial, like a fly and it's weighted and you, you're fishing for flounder, you know, you let it sink to the bottom and then you, you strip it up and they'll, they'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. Except with flounder, you typically have a few false hits or a few uh, hits before you can actually hook the thing. Catfish are decided about they're going to eat the fly. They're, they're way better than trout at just hitting it, grabbing it, and you've got them. So. Mm-hmm. Carpet bomb covers a couple of bases there. It looks like a crawfish, can, can, can look like a nymph mm-hmm. also. Um, it's a real effective car fly. It's a Matt Bennett fly. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, fly geek. Fly yeah. geek customs. Matt man. Bennett is a really cool guy. It, man, he's a, a terrific tire. I wish, I wish we still had him here. Yeah, I know. He moved uh, off. So, um, gear, when, when you're doing this, um, you like a nine foot or 10 foot, um, and, and, um, and what weight? Yeah. A nine foot, um, you know, five weight you can't go wrong with, um, in my opinion, and and I'm typically using smaller gear because I'm I like catching panfish on a three weight or a four weight. Uh, so, but you can bring them in. Uh, sure. You know, on I brought in a thirty one and a half pound on a four weight, so it can certainly be done. Um, and uh, I, I use longer leaders, longer tippets. You know, uh, probably a minimum six foot leader. Uh, minimum three foot tippet and uh i like fluorocarbon i'm kind of a fluorocarbon guy and uh, you like the fluorocarbon for the abrasion or before the the uh, the refraction the or the lack of yeah it just tends to be very invisible a lot of the bigger bass are gonna be real spooky and they've seen Mm -hmm. it all i call them you know the phd fish Mm because they're Mm -hmm. definitely uh wise to to our ways yeah so, so and you're good with uh, graphite carbon fiber or uh, oh, I love fiberglass. fiberglass. I'm fiberglass. a big I'm a big fan of fiberglass. Now that okay. being said, you know I've got graphite and everything else, but man, when you can use fiberglass, especially if you're just starting out, at really any time, um, I'm a big fan of fiberglass rods. I love the action. I feel like it makes fly fishermen, tent fly anglers tend to. Uh, really get that the fundamentals of casting and really wait on that cast not rush things and be uh, able to feel the rod load they load beautifully yeah. they yeah. load very very easily yeah yeah we've gone round and round about this uh lessons with the club tim, i know tim wanted to get fiberglass and i, I said no that's ridiculous yeah <laughs> No, fiberglass is not ridiculous. I, I'm well, I, you know, I, I think my my argument was all our beginners have already gone out and bought graphite five. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, that's that's what a beginner does. You yeah. go out yeah. and buy, hopefully, something like a TFO, and uh, and off you go. Yeah. Take the combo. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to find mass-produced, good rod for a decent price, and it's going to be graphite yeah. nine times out of ten. The the, the uh, glass is a niche. Yeah, but, but uh, it's granted, a big niche yeah, now. It is growing. Yeah, yeah, and and for the better, I think. Uh, Chris Barclay uh, makes these beautiful glass rods. He's in uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina, uh, and uh, you know, even the Cabela's box store you know brand is pr- 
pretty darn good, mm-hmm. like out in saltwater and stuff. So perfect know. world, you're, you're throwing glass at them? Um, perfect world. Yeah, perfect world. Everybody's a, a fly angler and everybody's throwing glass. Yeah. Okay, good well, advice. let's get a debate nice. started here. <laughs> We've got, we're talking glass, and I certainly, i got to confess, every couple of weeks I go shop glass. I'm, I'm going to buy one. I'm just not sure what I'm going to buy. So I'm doing all my studying, and I see tea glass, S-class, just regular glass. Anybody got any thoughts on the technical glass is what they're calling tea glass, and then the S-class is the strong glass. Right. And it's supposed to have a heavier modulus and a little stiffer. But What are you going to use it for? I, well, here we go. I it's going to be a car prod, I would think, the S, S-class. What do the ex- experts say? Let's see. I, you know, Tim, I don't own any fiberglass rods. <laughs> I've got one. It's actually a, a, a Cabela's GCR. It's great. I guess it's probably conventional. I, I kind of lust after the Scott. That's They make some really good, I think that's an S-Glass. Or They probably have the whole range, but, I mean, they make them there in Montrose, and I'm kind of a sucker for... Yeah. for stuff that's made yeah. here. I know Odom Wu throws uh, uh, the river glass, the Echo River glass. There's your, there's yeah. your expert. There you go. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he did go. a review on a Nirvana. It's a Japanese. Yeah. Glass. Okay. Yeah. And he does uh, moonlit rods too. I, I'm t- moonshine. I, I, no, no moon moonlit. 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 See, I haven't seen Moonlit. Yeah, no, yes. Okay. They're, uh, he's a company out of Wyoming. They're made overseas, but uh, that's a really good, great, affordable fiberglass rod. I do have a couple of three weights. I take it back. I, and those are great for, uh, for the river, for panfish and stuff, and getting the kids into it. I start my little children off on Tenkara. And they go from that to those moonlit. Tim's, Tim's a big Tankara aficionado. Yeah, now I know. I'm, I'm working with the children. I'm starting. Yeah. In the child level. Well, that's, you know, Japanese Japanese children learn that way. They, right. they, they hand them a Tankara rod and don't give them any further instruction. Well, you know what you learn? You learn to be quiet. Yeah. When you're starting with Tankara, you've got to be quiet. So True story. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm a big, a firm believer in, in starting children off with 10 car. I've got a, an 11-year-old son who's now a quite expert fly angler, and uh, he started off in 10 car, and now he's, he, he can throw it. Outstanding. Know? Outstanding. Tim, uh, you want to uh, ask about the three flies? Yeah, we always ask a traditional question, and uh, we get all kinds of answers, so... What are your three fr- favorite flies? Number one uh, is the chips and salsa. Uh, that's the one my son invented, and I tell you what, that is. That's and everybody can get a look yeah. at that on your Instagram. On my Instagram, right? yeah, that's at Pearl Snap Fly Fishing. If you're not uh, on Instagram, get on Instagram and and check it out. So, but they want one, they can message you. Uh, yeah, sure. Right there. Sure, we'll tie one up uh, on a, a as a size six, or if you want a smaller or a bigger one, when you tie them big. You can tie them real big for for bass and uh, and in different colors too. And the bass go nuts. Those big bass, those lunkers, they go for them. So the chips and salsa, uh, any crawfish imitation, any crawfish imitation, and then a woolly bugger. There you go. Yeah, woolly bugger. I'm I'm a woolly bugger guy. Uh, I'm a streamer guy. You know, because I'm warm water Texas fly fishing. Now I do trout out west and on the quad. And that, but that's a nymph game to me. That's yeah. a hopper dropper game. Do you game. do a woolly booger in the in salt? 
Saltwater? Uh, no, I use uh, my favorite fish in saltwater is a redfish crack by a long shot. Okay. By a go. long shot. And and, uh, and clouser minnows. There you go. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a clouser addict. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. go wrong. Uh, I, I typically don't have, maybe I don't know how to fish those, fly, those uh, sorry, crab patterns. But uh, so I, streamers all the way for me. And I've caught everything from snook to... Uh, well, I've hooked tarpon. I haven't landed any. But, uh, yeah. Let's jump back to Tinkara real quick. All right. Um, I'm going to get Ben's expert opinion on this. Leader, feraled or straight smooth line? Um, so for the leader, you know, I don't have a problem just using straight mono and tying my own. So, you know, I've often thought you could use butcher string. Yeah. Really? You know, really. <laughs> on, on the Tenkara? On the Tenkara as a, as a leader, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm so, you know, uh, right, speaking of Tenkara, I like the, I really I, like the, yeah. the braided leader. The braided, I'm a, the I'm feraled, a, yeah. I'm a, okay, feraled. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of that braid, that braided leader. Softer. And, Man. Yes. Yeah. Great. And, and those, those knots, if you get a wind knot or the kid gets a wind yeah. knot, they come out so quick. Really? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Very good, very good. I've I've had a couple of people tell me I need you need to use them. You need to use them. I never have, never have. It's different. Like I say, I I'm, I'm sitting here. I fish with it. All, that's all I use now. Um, just because it goes back to the wind knot issue. It's easier to deal with. I'm not. I didn't even realize it till after. You think you're going to take it over, in into your into your you know fly game? I don't know. Well, um, you know, I haven't for, really thought about that when you're guiding. What are you doing? You're untying people's wind knots and things like you're tying people's uh, flies on. And so. And those aren't wind knots, by yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Very good. Yeah. There's, those are not wind knots. I, I think. Uh, what do you what call them? <laughs> those, those are crappy casting knots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we all get those anyway. Yeah. That's true. No matter how good you are. You know, we all flub casts and yeah. stuff. That's what I like about fly fishing. It kind of keeps you humble. You can you can be, I mean, just a decade or decades of experience and still just throw a cast sometimes, and you're like, what the hell was that? Oh, I, I, I have marched out of the river just disgusted with myself. Yeah. I, you know, I used to be able to know how to do this you stuff. You get in the zone and you get relaxed. I think you let up just a little bit. That's and, what it is. That's when it, it's, next thing you know, you're in a mess. Yeah, that's that's right. All right well, um, anything else to add about about targeting catfish for the average person out it, here listening? You know, people talk about it like it's just the most confounding thing, and and um, I guess the right fly. You know, uh, if you're tying your own, or you can get an option with the titanium eyes. You know, that'll sink the fly. That's a, a bonus. And uh, for beginners, they don't. I don't think they realize how many flies you need. In your fly box, because man, I break flies off all the time. I hang them up, and uh, you I know, look at flies like ammo. Yeah, you, you got to have a bunch with you. You know, when you people go. need to hear that because when you're starting out, they don't, they think they've done something wrong if they've lost a fly. Oh my! And they get you're, all upset. Fish live in in you know in cover, and if no. their fly's not fishing in cover, it's not fishing. And and when it's fishing in cover, it's getting hung the heck up. And you you can either 
go in after it, which, it, you know, a lot of times I'll just be like, you know what? That was a big crawfish fly. I love that fly <laughs> and I'm going in after it. And then, and then I'll go to some other little pocket because and you're chest deep and you're, you're diving down and grabbing the thing. But a lot of times it's not practical at all. And you just break the sucker off. Yep. Well, you know, uh, I heard someone, uh, I think uh, the trout bitten guys, they were all in consensus of whether you think there's another big fish in there or not. And then you can go get it later, right? Break it off, fish it, and then go get it later. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because it's, it's not 30 foot deep, Yeah, you know, at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've heard the guys, you know, the, like the pike guys and the, and the muskie guys with these, you know, what, 15, 16, 17 inch flies. And they say, oh, yeah, you go. I don't care how cold, cold it is. <laughs> I'm going swimming for that fly. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever teach fly tying? fly tying no i well yeah i did i did last summer in wyoming i taught we taught a lot of fly tying um and people really love that you really ought to be tying your own flies if you're not tying your own flies uh you just really ought to there's nothing to it you know you get on youtube just like anything else if you want to learn to change your oil or tie a fly you get on youtube and uh and get yourself one of those cheap Cabela's vices or a Renzetti, you know, shell for sure. a Renzetti. It's like 150. It's not bad. I mean, those a, Renzettis a, are great. A, a vice you'll have the rest of your life. You can get for under two bucks, two bills. The, right. And the Cabela's will give out on you, by the way. It will give out on you. Uh, with, with You can feel it getting looser with, with uh, every fly, you yeah. know, when the, everybody buys that, that starter kit, yep. right? And I remember the first time cranking it, and I was like, yeah, this is not going to last long. Right. But it adds, like you say, it adds depth and richness. And the first time you catch a fish on a fly that you've tied, it's special. It's like the first fish you caught on fly. Yeah. It's, it's very special. I agree. I agree. So, well, then you, it lead, it's sort of addictive. It, it's fun, and it, it's busy work for your fingers, and it develops your small skill, small touch skill. It does. But it makes you, you think about everything, and it really involves well, you. You in, start creating flies that you think, a fish has got to love this. I like it. A fish has got to love it. In the uh, long run, it forces you to look at nature. That's right. Well, and you pay attention and start imitating nature. Yeah, and you, yeah, that's right. You talk about nature, too. Uh, one of the things I do, you know, I raise chickens. You know, we, we keep laying hens for eggs, and uh, you get marabou from them. You can get hackle feather from them. Uh, I've, I've shot my own deer and, and taken the bucktails off and salted them, used my own bucktail, uh, and uh, fox and coyote tails. So, yeah, you, yeah, can, you can really... Yeah, it's so much fun. I mean, you know, I think about that all the time. I love the fact that I'm using, gosh, what did I have? Uh, this morning I was throwing a fly. I had marabou, CDC, uh, had hackle, and peacock. Four, yep. four different things in one fly, you know, that, that's so cool to, to catch one animal with four different animals. Yep, and I've got a lady uh, just, just a couple of houses down on our country road out there, and she keeps uh, peacocks. So I get the peacock feathers, oh, and I get the hurl straight off of the hurl and the eyes and everything. The hurl is, that, that peacock hurl is one of those magical things Colors, underwater, yeah. I think, like, like pheasant tail and like CDC. I think those are some magical materials. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe bluegill and uh, peacock are related. You think yeah, really. <laughs> that iridescence, it's funny that uh, iridescence occurs in uh, nature. Yeah, that might be. Um, anything else you want to plug or get out well, there in the we, public eye? I want, I want everybody to know how to get in touch with well, them. Well, that's what you, yeah, we're going to go through the socials and all that kind of stuff, yeah. 
Yeah, well, really the best way right now, I got off Facebook. I just I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, but uh, there are some really cool Facebook pages. Uh, like I know Texas Hill Country Fly Fishers has one. Yeah, we do one. Yeah. And, uh, and Texas uh, Freshwater Fly Fishing is an excellent one. Yep. And uh, yep. Texas Saltwater Fly Fishing is yep. a great one. And then, uh, so I'm on, yeah, I'm on Instagram, at, at Pearl Snap Fly Fishing. That's the Pearl Snap Western shirts I love to wear, and, and uh, so that's kind of my brand. And you've got some, uh, you got some bird hunts coming up here? Right, yeah, we got, uh, we do, I'm down in South Texas, uh, so my, my property, I've got some, some rural, really kind of a pristine hunting preserve, 10 minutes from the beaches of South Pottery Island, and so... Uh, we go down there and, and we shoot dove and uh, you know limits even if you're not a good shot you'll you'll limit out it may not be in 20 minutes but you'll get your limit it's, it's even more fun i mean i'd, I'd rather limit out after getting to shoot you know five boxes of <laughs> right you know it's all about squeezing the trigger right yeah, it is okay so that that brings me to my thing uh, you know um you talk about it's all about the action, the squeezing the trigger, the kind of that nonstop action. That's what I love about warm water fly fishing. Um, even if the bite's not on, there's always these panfish that are just gonna. They're just. They That's think a great point. Yeah. They think they're. Uh, I don't know. Whatever those rooster fish in the Amazon, they're so aggressive. They do think they're the biggest thing in the river, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> and so you know you're you're catching fish all the time. I mean I have rarely if ever gotten skunked where i didn't catch at least one red-breasted sunfish or something and so that's what i, I love about it is that you're you're just catching yeah yeah there's, there's it's almost like the coast you know that's what i like about going to fish at the coast there's something always on it, uh, you there's, tend to you tend to get into them yeah, yeah there's lots of room to look around and, and in the hill country you can find something to fish for you sure can no matter what's going on anywhere a road crosses a river and there looks like there's a pull-off there i mean you, you know you hardly need anything more than google maps or a road yeah and it's you year round year round 12 months out of the year that's right it is it. i'm listening to this talk this banner and let me tell you what's impressive about ben we've interviewed a lot of people and they'll talk about, I use this fly, this rod, this particular thing to catch. Everything he says, I've caught this, I've caught this, I've caught this. He's catching them on everything. You give him a hook and, and a line, and I think he's going to catch something no matter what it is. Yeah. I've made cane poles for my kids, you? you know, broken off something at the river and tied on some mono. So is this magic you've got? No, I, I think that everybody can do it. He's just a fishy that. dude. There are fishy dudes. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if I'm that fishy. Maybe my kids are fishy too, though. Um, you well, know, you genetics. There you go. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, and and uh, I've just had great luck fly fishing. I really think that everybody ought to do it. Of course, we're probably in something of an echo chamber where people listening to this are fly fishers. Yeah. But uh, you know, we so advocate get your get your spinning rod buddies and say okay cool now do it on a fly rod you know they show you a big fish or something say that that's great man now do it on a fly rod and uh so the other thing i'm passionate about and i hope this doesn't take us too long or anything it's access public public water these rivers the majority of them out in the hill country really are um public water the Nueces is public water. The West Nueces, the uh, large parts of the Sabinal. Um, the Medina, 
West Medina. Which we've lost the north end of the Medina for yep. all intents and purposes. Right. Well, the, it, it can happen. Now, if you can get into the riverbed, you can work your way upstream as far as you can handle to go. But, yeah, uh, the the high fencing is, is definitely a, a bane and where because then uh, owners feel justified stretching that high fence right across the waterway, across which the water. is illegal. I, I believe I believe they can do it now as long as they provide a door. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, as long as there's a portage gate, right? Yeah. But there better be a portage gate. Yeah. And you see them on the Guadalupe, up, up, uh, yeah. way up the, the toward the headwaters of the Guadalupe. The north and south fork up there, yeah. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got portage gates in some of those uh, crossings, which is fine. And but be sure you close the thing too when you leave. Yeah, ranch rules apply yeah. in the river, so, also, guys. Right, but uh, you know this idea of being run out of a where you're parked off the side of the road by some irate landowner and stuff, uh, and the game wardens aren't pulling their weight, backing up the people who are buying the licenses, and and really, you know. You talk about the future of fly fishing, you know, you got your, your kids with you and some irate landowners running you off of public water. That just doesn't sit well with me. I'm a seventh generation Texan. Well, it's, it's <laughs> up to all us. It's up to the fly fishing public mm-hmm. uh, to push back. And, and you know, look, we, we are doing good for the, for the water. One of the reasons that, that your water in front of your house is in good shape is because we buy our licenses and we pay the parks and wildlife guys to manage the water that runs through your property. Well, and the fishing uh, crowd is vocal about keeping it we need to be. for fish. And we so, need to put pressure on other anglers, uh, you know, to, to be responsible to be, with the yeah, resource. Right. And, you know, when people see me with a, a fly rod, I will say that uh, a lot of people think it's really nifty and they don't mind watching you wade out in front of their place and... Uh, throw a fly line because they think it's very artful and cool um so that helps and and we carry minimal amounts of gear typically or Mm -hmm. it's very tidy um i i have several people have said to me uh oh oh, you're fly fishing oh you guys don't leave trash or what we don't guys you guys don't leave. no they don't leave trash that's right Uh, and we don't we pick it up i pick up spooled you know bird's nests of mono and I'll pull uh, unmarked trot lines and stuff out of the river, cut them up, and, you know. There you go, yeah. You know, take, who knows, who knows how pocket. long they've been there. Yeah, oh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of times, you, yeah. it's just uh, trash. And yeah, it's just killing other animals. If it's labeled, leave it alone. Else. Yeah, yeah. yeah if it's labeled, if it's legal, get away from it. Yeah. But anyway, that's my that's my soapbox. Since this is this is the first podcast I've I've had the, the privilege to be on, and so uh, I had to say that. Well, we're... Well, we're, we're honored to provide the soapbox and it needed to be said <laughs> well that's right uh, it's something we advocate anyway we tell people you know you've got to be respectful of access to the land but the river waters belong to the citizens yep. the fish and the game fish and the game well that's true yeah that's a can of worms once you start getting into hunting but uh you know it's true that's it's true. in the books that's true Outstanding. Well, guys, we've been talking to Ben Christensen, world record holder, guide, uh, rancher, and all-around cool dude. (laughs) Uh, Thanks a lot, Ben. Really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate that. Yeah, it was great talking to you, Ben. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. That was great. That was Ben Christensen talking about his big catfish and just talking about fishing and life in general here in the Hill Country. You know, he was entertaining. I love talking to him. Um, if you get a chance, go to Instagram. It's uh, at 
Pearl Snap. Pearl Snap Fly Fishing. Yeah. yeah. Pearl Snap Fly Fishing on Instagram. Um, he doesn't do a lot of other social media, I don't think. Uh, no. But you can contact him there, and he's got some great shots of the fish that he caught. Yeah. Uh, I noticed there was two of them there on Instagram yep. of him holding that fish. I think that's the best way to also contact him if you want to go fish with him or go shoot some birds. That's great. Um, what's the rest of your week look like? Uh, the rest of my week is filled up with uh, fly fishing, uh, fly tying, uh, trying to, uh, again, uh, take better pictures, trying to learn how to take better pictures, make better social media posts. I've never been a, a huge fan of social media, but I, uh, I'm realizing that it's, it's a big part of the business these days, and I've got to get with it. Well, we're, we'll bring you into the real world so, <laughs> slowly, slowly. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's how people connect. It's another way of connecting. So it's it's not something you're going to fight. It's just part of life. Well, I'm one of those guys that said, uh, you know, I would go back to 1970s technology at the drop of a hat simply because I can handle that. Right? It's yeah. it's the, the the devil I know versus the devil I don't. Right? Well, that I I don't know. I'm a I'm a feature guy. I I love feature technology. So. I, uh, I hear people say that, and I understand what they're saying, and I had a lot of fun as a younger person, but I tell you, I love technology. I, I just love the way it brings people together from all over the world. I've got friends. Well, even in the interview with Patty, you know, we talked about, I've never met Patty Lucan, and I've worked with her for more mm-hmm, than 18 months, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're friends. And I know that when we finally meet face-to-face, wherever, hopefully fishing on the White River with her guidance. There you go, whatever, yeah. Um, it's give and take you know, with everything, though, good and bad. Yeah, we're already there. Yeah, we're friends. So that's just yeah. As much as I as much as I rail against this stuff, it, it benefits me in many ways. It so. does. And uh, the medical technology, I just don't want to do without it. So but let's move on about fly fishing. Uh, I think I'm going to try a little more fishing today. And, uh, it's it's a beautiful morning for it. The, the wind is not too strong. It hasn't gotten hot yet. And I think another day would be a good day for Jake's training for, to be a fly fishing dog. For now, he's just laying down listening to me podcast. That's part of the training, and that's what you want him to do. Boredom. I've got to bore him to death. <laughs> so then he'll behave. Very good. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, rewind the podcast. Listen to it a second time. Uh, remember to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. It helps us and, uh, and helps us get the podcast out to you. Yeah, and you can find us there on, on Apple, um, Spotify, Amazon. Um, in fact, I think I looked and there was about 11 different podcasts. We're nice and wide, man. Yeah, it's so yeah. cool, yeah. So that's great. And shout out again to all the listeners and all the downloads from uh, overseas. That that uh, that really inspired me uh, last week, and uh, that they just let me know we're on the right track. So you guys, and holler at us. Give us a shout us. You know, uh, give us a voicemail, an email, whatever. Let us know what you want to hear. Okay, we'll see you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you for visiting today's Rollcast podcast. You may subscribe to Rollcast podcast on Apple or Spotify. Sign up for the latest fishing news on our website at rollcast.legitpods.com. Bye now.